good to see everyone that's here this morning. We're glad you're here and those that are visiting from other congregations or the community or wherever you are from, we welcome you and invite you back at every opportunity. We're glad you're here. <clears throat> Listen to what Jesus says in John the 15th chapter and verses 13 through 15. Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I hear, heard from my Father I have made known to you. You know, one of the greatest things that we can have on this earth today is a friend, a friendship. You know and I know what a true friend is. And one of the sweetest hymns I think that has ever been written is the one that, that we're all familiar with, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And I believe that the basis for that hymn is found here in John 15. Where Jesus said, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And then he said, henceforth I call you not servants, but I've called you friends. We not only have friends here on this earth that we call true friends, but we have a friend in heaven. We have Jesus as a friend. He not only states what kind of friend he is, in other words, in other words one that would lay down his life for his friends, the Lord is also inviting us into a relationship with Him. When we have a friend here on earth, we have a relationship. It's not just an acquaintance, but it is a relationship. It has been said that our lives are a tapestry lined with the faces of friends. When we think of memories, when we have memories in life, usually that brings up people that we remember as friends and things that we've done with our friends and acquaintances. But I wonder how many real friends do you really have? I'm not talking about the superficial kind of acquaintance, the person next door or who's working in the workstation right next to you, or the person you talk to on occasion at some kind of family gathering or or church gathering, or whatever it may be, even a gospel meeting. I'm not talking about those that we consider sometimes just kindred spirits. I'm talking about the kind of friendship that goes beneath the surface, where you have a heartfelt connection with that person, and a spiritual connection. I'm talking about where you have all things in common, and that per person, uh, with that person, and a lot of times that's because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. This is a kind of relationship that when we talk about true friends, it's a relationship that a husband has with his wife and a wife has with her husband. These are the kind of relationships that Jesus desire, desires to have with you and I today. Friends really are one of the most precious gifts that God gives to us. They know us for who we really are and love us anyway. 
They know us and love us just the same. They accept us for who we are, even though we act silly and goofy and we make uh, mistakes and we have problems in our life. But without expecting us to be putting up a front <clears throat> and being someone other than who we are, really, they still accept us for who we are. Friends allow us to, make, uh, to let our hair down and be comfortable without worrying about how we look. I've been blessed with having many friends through the years and hopefully still have a few in this world. I can sit down with one of my friends and I can pour out my heart to them. Let them know my deepest feelings and my deepest concerns, my problems, my struggles, my, my, my things that, that hurt me, and, and they'll listen to me. You may have a friend just like that. That's what friends do. They give, us, they give of themselves to us, and they also listen. They carry us when we need to be carried. They know everything about us, the good and the bad, and still remain our friends. The beautiful thing about friends is that the relationship usually is a two-way street. They're truthful with you. Let's notice some scriptures about friends. In Ecclesiastes 4 and verses 9 through 12, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe unto him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? For though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. You see, friends are nice to have around, too. When we have problems and when we are discouraged and all that, they lift us up, they help us, they encourage us, and all these kinds of things. Proverbs 18 and verse 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 27 and 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kiss of an enemy are deceitful. Kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Proverbs 27 and verse 9. Ointment and perfume delight the heart, and the sweetness of a man's friend's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. When we truly have a lasting relationship with Jesus, we give and we get. We take and receive. We carry and we're carried. And the beautiful thing about knowing Jesus and knowing God is that we have a close and personal relationship with them. Well, what kind of friend is Jesus? One, he's a friend forever. He's also a friend you can count on. He's the kind of friend that sticks with you through thick and thin. The kind of friend that's there when you need him the most. When we ask ourselves the question, who can I call on in an emergency or tragedy? When you really need someone, who would you call? Who can you really count on when you need the help?
You may have heard this before. There's a man by the name of Joseph Scriven. He was a man that uh, centuries ago on the streets of Port Hope, Ontario, a man could be seen walking along carrying a saw and a sawhorse. And one day a rich man from across the street saw him and said to a friend, he looks like a sober man. I think I'll hire him to cut wood for me. The man replied, that's Joseph Scriven, the friend replied. He, couldn't, he wouldn't cut wood for you. He only cuts wood for those who don't have enough to pay. And that sums up, sums up the philosophy of Joseph Medlicott Scriven, a man who took the Sermon on the Mount literally. Scriven was born in Dublin, Ireland in 1819. He fell for a lovely young woman, but on the eve of their wedding, she accidentally drowned. Scriven never recovered from the shock, and the Irishman began to wander, hoping to forget his sorrow. At age 25, he finally settled in Canada. His faith led him to do menial tasks for poor widows and the sick. He often worked for no wages and was regarded by the people of the community as a kind man, albeit odd. He later fell in love and again and planned to marry a wonderful Canadian woman, but again tragedy struck. His fiancée died after contracting pneumonia. In 1855, a friend visited an ill-scriven and discovered a poem that had been had written for his ailing mother in faraway Ireland. Scriven didn't have money to visit her, but he sent her the poem as an encouragement. He called it Pray Without Ceasing. When the friend inquired about the poem's origin, Scriven reportedly answered, The Lord and I did it between us. Scriven never intended for the poem to be published, but it made its rounds and it was set to music in 1868 by musician Charles Converse, who titled it, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. It has since become one of the greatest hymns. Scriven died in 1886, ironically, in an accident, accidental drowning. In his memory of the town, in the town of Port Hope, they erected a monument with this inscription from Scriven's famous song, in his arms he'll take and shield thee, thou wilt find a solace there. The verses to that word are this, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. This old song's been sung hundreds, if not thousands, of times, if not maybe ten thousands of times. And it still more than expresses the blessings that we have in Jesus and having Jesus as our friend. 
not only as a friend, but a helper, a strength to call upon when we're weak and too weak to carry our own burdens alone. What other friends do we have that we can turn to expecting to see our every weakness and our problems that will shield us and come to our side and protect us and help us and encourage us and lift us up in times of distress. Some other of our friends will leave us when, when the problems start and when things don't go right. But Jesus is always there, ready to listen to us, ready to encourage us and help us, even when we stumble and fall and fall short of serving him. You know, there's also a friend that we call sometimes the fair-weathered friend. And Jesus is not a fair-weathered friend that only shares the better times and walks away from us when the trials come and the temptations and grief come our way. More than all this, he lifts us up when we fall, he encourages us to try again. He, he forgives us our sins even against him. In our text of John 15 and 14, Jesus says, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And some think that if I just do what God commands me, then he'll be my friend. We've seen that kind of friendship before, the kind of friendship that there, there are only the, the friends then, the person that will... Uh, be your friend if they have something to gain, if they have something to prosper out of the friendship. They'll be your friend till they're done with you, till they've used you up and they're finished with you. Their friendship is based on conditions and nothing else. And if you don't give them what they want, then they're not going to be a loving person. They're not going to be a friend. They're not going to be there helping you and they'll be very hypocritical. But sometimes we put conditions on God. We may tell God, if you'll just help me through this, I'll be a loyal friend forever. We put conditions on God. But it, is this loyalty only going to be there as long as you get what you want? And then when you don't get what you want, then you will not serve God. You won't be his friend. You won't have that relationship with him that he desires to have with you. You see, it's not good for us to put conditions on God. That we will be his friend only if we get out of God what we want. God becomes sometimes to some people more, no more than an errand boy to get what they want. But you see, God is inviting us to be his friend, and we can't tell God that we will only be his friend if he'll do something for us. True friendship and love are best manifest by what a man is willing to do on behalf of others, even when there's no return, even when there's no joy sometimes, even when there's no reward and there's no benefit for us. That's the best manifest of friendship. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. When we don't deserve what we 
are given, and that is eternal life. What kind of friend did Jesus? Jesus is a friend forever. Jesus said in Matthew 28 and verse 20, excuse me, I should have, I got behind on this. I am, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So regardless, you know, some friends just come and go. Something happens in your life and some of the friends that you thought were true friends, they just vanish and they go away. And you never see them or hear from them again. Or maybe later on when they need something, you finally hear from them again. Jesus is not like that. Jesus is a friend forever. Not today only, but he'll be a friend tomorrow and he'll be a friend to the end of the age. Hebrews 13 and verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change his friendship with you just because something happens in your life. So if Jesus is your friend today, he will be your friend forever. Jesus is also a friend that will be with us through thick and thin. Hebrews 13 verse 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We have those friends that, you know, when the, when the problems come and when you need their help the most, they don't show up. Or they don't call. Or they don't return the call. Or they don't come by. When you need them the most, when you're having struggles in, in life. But Jesus says, I will never leave you. And never forsake you. Jesus is a friend that will be honest with us. Hebrews 12 and verses 5 through 6. And you have begotten the exhortation which speaketh, speaks to you as to sons. My sons, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are re rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. He will be honest with us and tell us when we're wrong so we can correct it. You know, all I can say is, you know, he talks about here chasing the Lord. Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him, because he chastens whom he loves. All I can say is when I was a little kid, I knew I was loved <laughs> because of all the chastening I got. And a lot of us are that way. We were really, really loved. But Jesus and God tell us what we're doing wrong. You know, a good friend does that. They tell you, you're wrong. You need to, you need to fix this. The one that's not a true friend will just let you bury yourself. And God and Jesus are not like that. Jesus will let you know. But Jesus is merciful and faithful and dependable, a friend. Hebrews 2 and verse 16 through 17. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things he, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Notice 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 3. 
we, Sal finished a study with, on this uh, verse last Lord's evening. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. He's not going to be the one that takes off when trouble comes our way. He will strengthen us. He will establish us. He will better strengthen our foundation so that our faith is strong. So when troubles come our way, he will guard us. When I think about this verse, what pops into my mind is a football game. And the person that has wears the, the position named guard, his whole purpose is to guard the quarterback. And when, when the other players come running towards the quarterback, he's there to knock them down and to knock them out of the way. Now, that doesn't mean that sometimes that he gets knocked doesn't get knocked over. But the thing is, when our faith is strengthened by God and by Jesus, when we're established, like he says here in this verse, then when things come our way, we don't get knocked over. It's by him and through him that we are guarded from the evil one. And that is the kind of friend that we want. We all maybe have seen, I can't remember, this just came to mind, this, uh, this movie that was on uh, here a few years ago uh, about this, this large uh, uh, guard. And, and he was, really didn't have much of an education, did better, but, but uh, the person, his stepmother, if you want to say, I wish I could remember the name of this, uh, had a little talk with him and told him, your position is to not let them get to your quarterback. That's, that's who you're protecting right there. Do you understand me? And so that's what Jesus is. He's a friend that will not let the evil one get to us. Also, Jesus is a compassionate friend. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's a compassionate friend. You know, when we have problems, there's nothing better than having somebody come up and give you a big hug and give you some compassion, give you some love, give you some help, give you some encouragement give you the strength that you need. And that's what Jesus is. He is a compassionate friend. Why? Because Jesus is a friend that will help us through the trials because in Hebrews 2 and verse 18, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Why is he a compassionate friend? Because he knows he was tempted just like we are. Hebrews 4 and verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. We don't have a high priest that didn't go through the same problems, the same temptations, the same trials, the same discouragements, because he did. Who better to sympathize with than someone that's gone through the same thing you're going through? 
Also, Jesus is a powerful friend. Hebrews 2 and verses 7 through 8. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him, but now we do not yet see all the things put under him. He's powerful because he is the most powerful. He is power, more powerful than the devil. He, is, he has become victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He is a powerful friend. You know, when I, when I have problems in life, uh, you know, if I, if I don't have the strength to do something, I call a friend. Not someone that's necessarily weaker than me, but someone that's stronger than me to help me pick something up. To help me push something out of the way. You know, if I was going into the battle today, I would want the strongest, meanest soldier by my side. The fiercest battle uh, warrior at my side. And that's who Jesus is. He is a powerful friend. And everything is under his subjection. Jesus is a friend that, that gave his life for you. John 15 and verse 13, our text, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Also Hebrews 9 and verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, cleansing your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Jesus proved he was and is our friend when he gave his life for us as a sacrifice for our sins, that we may have the hope of being reconciled to God and living eternally in heaven. If we are Jesus' friends, we will follow him wherever he leads us. Jesus is a friend that gave his life for all mankind, not only me, but all mankind, Hebrews 10 and 10, by that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, for all mankind. Even the person that is living in sin now, those who have done things that they think they could never turn to God, Jesus gave his life for them as well. Jesus is a friend that can save everyone and intercedes for them, Hebrews 7 and 25. Therefore, he is able, also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. We see so much sin in the world today, and, and it, just, it just absolutely amazes me how deep into sin people can get and some just absolutely reject every thing that has to do with God or Jesus but also there have been people that have been transformed from that sinful life maybe they were at the very bottom uh, of the pit but Jesus raised them up 
And Jesus died for those as well as you and me. He died for those who are in such deep sin as well as you and me. And he intercedes for all. Well, Jesus ought to be our friend because of the mock trial he endured, the beating that he took for us, the humiliating treatment he took for us, the cross that he carried, the nail-scarred hands and feet, the scars in his head from the crown of thorns, the scar on his side from the spear that pierced his side. He proved he is our friend by what he did for us. Jesus... I hope we can all say this. Jesus is my friend because he knows all my faults. He accepts me as I am, and that is imperfect. He sees my weaknesses, yet he never gives up on me. I can trust him to lead me all the way home. I can follow him wherever he goes. I can confess every sin and every failure and every problem that I have in my life. And he still is my friend. With him I share my thoughts and feelings and frustrations and fears and joys and sorrows. To him I confide my deepest needs, things that, that maybe I can't express to others. He always understands. He hears my thoughts as well as my prayers. He tells me the truth even if it hurts. Jesus rejoices with me when I'm happy in him. And when I'm sad, he shares my grief. When I'm too tired to go on, he holds me up. When I lose my way, he finds my hand and guides me in his path. He's my friend and he's always there. He shows me why he gave his life for me so that he and I can be together for all eternity. Because he joined me to himself through the cross, his friends are my friends, his enemies are my enemies, his battles are my battles, and he always wins, even when I must share his wounds and bear some little bit of scars in this life. Every morning we plan our day together. All day long we talk to each other. We work together We're inseparable. My friend is wise, patient, loving, and kind. He's faithful, considerate, unchanging, pure. He's strong, dependable, loyal, and true. Jesus truly is a friend of mine, and I hope a friend of yours. If you don't have Jesus as a friend today, I hope you'll consider becoming his friend by taking the invitation to be his friend. Won't you hear the word in Romans 10 and verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Won't you believe in Hebrews 11 verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. You want to repent of your life. In Luke 13 and 3, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. We need to confess the name of Jesus Christ in Matthew 10 and verse 32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, 
him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. And then we need to be baptized into Christ, Acts 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and, be ba and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Once we have obeyed the commands of Jesus, we are his friend. He will be your friend, and he invites you into a relationship with him. We have to accept the invitation of that relationship to be his friend. Won't you consider these things this morning? We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.